Hello, 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 and welcome back. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, I Survived Childhood. Um, I want to thank everybody for all of their support, their encouragement, the comments, and the questions. Also, just to get this out there, I want to let you know that if you or someone you know suspects that you may be in a domestic violence situation, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 800-799-7233. That number will be in the description. I also will have, going forward, a email address that you can contact me if you have questions or comments or things that you want to talk about specific to this podcast and that will also be in the description but it is I survived childhood at gmail.com now I'm going to do something a little bit different on this podcast that than what I've been doing and again I want to put that trigger warning out there this one is it, it even triggered me and um it's about a little girl who was, she died this summer in June, I believe it was, June or July, and she was five years old, and she only weighed seven pounds, and this was in Hall County in Georgia, and so let me just run over what I know about this, and then I'll give you my thoughts, and before I do that, I do want to let you know that um, this case is fresh, parents involved have not been to uh, their trial yet and all that information is still pending there's probably still investigations going on and until proven guilty they're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty so all of this is alleged and it's just to get the information out there so um, this occurred in Hall County and um, the parents' names are Jarrell and Portia Mankin, I think is how you say their last name. And the little girl's name is Kylie. So Kylie was taken to the hospital unresponsive. And she weighed seven pounds and she was five years old. And that was in, I believe it was in Brazelton. And it was at Northeast Northeast Georgia Medical Center, yes, in Brazelton. And um, she was flown to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta due to her condition. Um, the deputies did notify the Hall County Division of Family and Children's Services and um, the Sheriff's Office. And the day after she was flown to Children's Hospital, little Kylie died. And just, I guess, to give some people some perspective. So she's five years old. She weighs seven pounds. Um, a normal five-year-old should weigh around 40 pounds. And a, and a newborn baby is about seven pounds. So um, after she died, they started a four-month investigation. And this investigation involved interviews, searches of the Meccans' home, and there was an autopsy done by the medical examiner. 
and the GBI autopsy report, that's Georgia Bureau of Investigation, um, detailed the little girl's death as a result of dehydration and malnutrition due to medical neglect. And they did um, list it as a homicide in the report. So here's here's the thing where things get a little complicated. It just came out that a couple of days ago her the parents lawyer, her name is Corinne or Corrine Mull, and she stated that the little girl was suffering from a chromosome defect or chromosome disorder called 1p36 deletion syndrome it's a rare disorder and it has a lot of severe complications one of which being swallowing difficulties um so one of the things that the lawyer said was that the little girl wasn't expected to live past three years old but somehow the parent the parents had managed to keep her alive two years longer than what she was expected she also stated that um and this is a quote she has a hard time eating everything has to be liquefied into an oatmeal-like consistency has a hard time swallowing water it has to be in the food um so it sounds like this little girl has some severe 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 problems um there was also mention of they call it defects. Other places might call it CPS, Child Protective Services. Um, but there was some involvement with with the family a couple years prior to this. Um, apparently, we don't know what the outcome was that, but the, there were two other children in the home. One was older and one was younger. Those two children seem to be fine. They don't have any um, neglect or abuse showing with those two children. Um, one of the things, though, that was stated, and the lawyer addressed this as well, was that, um, and based from what I could, what I saw, there was a, a recording clip of the lawyer speaking, that there was an implication that the mother was, um, emotionally incapable, um, or didn't have cognitive capacity to provide for the children's basic needs, um, and that she was emotionally detached and appeared not concerned. And the lawyer stated that, in effect, um, that she, well, she stated that they, they put this in the report because the mother didn't cry. And the lawyer stated that not everybody reacts the same degree uh, in, in grief and that the mother did cry. She just didn't do it publicly, that she didn't basically make a scene. So I'm kind of paraphrasing, but that's the gist of what the lawyer had stated. Um, and then the, the last little detail on this is that there is supposed to be a hearing today, um, November 2nd, for family members to get custody of the other two children. So apparently they're in foster care right now, but the, the family's trying to get them out. So what are my thoughts on this? My first thought is, and I would think this with any kind of a case that is involving criminal, um, is that we first we need to go to trial and find out what 
comes out in the in the trial because there's so many things that we don't know in the public, you know. So it's really hard to make an a judgment a judgment. And in the beginning when I first heard about this, the statements from the lawyer regarding the little girl's disabilities, um, that wasn't available. It was just this headline that a seven-year-old, I mean, excuse me, a five-year-old was weighing seven pounds, and that's appalling when you don't know the rest of the details. So I don't know about this, um, this disability that she has or had, um, but it sounds like she's probably always been underweight if she's having trouble swallowing and eating. Um, I don't understand. There, there's some things that I don't understand. So I, I know a couple parents or a couple families who have children who have eating problems. And um, they're given feeding tubes so that the child gets some kind of nutrition. Now, it's not stated anywhere that this child had that. Uh, you know, we don't know that. Um, but it seems to me that if she had a feeding tube, that would make, she could get more nutrition. And so there's a lot of questions just in that regard. Did she have a feeding tube and they weren't feeding her and that hasn't been brought out yet? Did she get to a point where she needed a feeding tube and the parents didn't take her to the to the um, medical professionals to see about doing that? I mean, is a feeding tube even a viable option since I'm not a doctor? You know, I can't really say for sure, but I do know that there is such a thing for people who can't swallow. Um, so there's a lot of questions there that are unanswered. Uh, the other thing is that, you know, the other two children seem to be thriving, but this particular child obviously did not. And, you know, trying to be fair and impartial and just look at the facts as with what we have in my own ability to empathize or put myself in a situation, I know that it's very difficult to raise a child with special special needs. Um, there's no mention at this point of developmentally how this child is. Is she development you know, is she developing um, in other regards, like can she walk and talk um, the way a, a normal five year old would or did this this chromosome defect affect other parts of her? Um, and if that's the case, you know, and it's not just a matter of feeding, but, you know, does she have to be carried everywhere? Was she able to be potty trained? Can she communicate all these different things that go into a normal child's development? Was this a problem, additional problems that we just don't know about yet? I don't know. But when you have a child that's perpetually in a, in a state that's like a baby that can wear on you a child. And I'm not saying that's an excuse. I'm just saying it, it, there's additional difficulties raising a child who's who's special versus raising a child that's healthy. Excuse me one second. <coughs> Sorry about that. Oh, my goodness. What a cough. I do not have COVID. Um, it was just a cough. But anyway, you know, having that difficulty, I'm not saying that it would be right to neglect a child, but it just may wear on somebody and... 
um, if that's the case, you know, what resources were available to these parents to help them manage the emotional burden of raising a child with problems. I don't know. You know, it's just something to think about. Um, so this is a very, very sad case. I, I have a feeling that there's a lot more to this story that we just don't know about yet. Um, the lawyer accused defects of being wrong, quote, as usual, unquote, again. Um, but the one thing that I did not hear was that it would, the medical examiner would also have to be wrong, which is possible. That is a possibility. Apparently this, this chromosome disorder that she has is very rare, so maybe that person didn't know about it, although you would think that they would do some sort of research because um, I did look it up and there's other outward signs um, that you can see with the way their skeleton forms and their facial defects and, and characteristics. So you would think that the medical examiner would have access to more information than I would have, you know, to um, learn a little bit about this disorder and life expectancy and how um, people survive or don't survive with that problem. I don't know. It's very sad. It's very sad. And um, I, I do think that we need to wait and find out some more. I don't think a child should be deliberately starved to death. Um, and if that's the case, then this really is an atrocious, atrocious crime, especially for a special needs child. But... If our assumptions are wrong and it was just time for this little girl to go, then this is horrible as well because these parents are in jail when they're grieving. Their, their other children were in foster care and they've lost their parents. That You know, there's two sides to this coin. And I think it, at this point we just need to wait and see what comes out. But I wanted to bring this out to the attention of other people in the community who are listening and following these stories um, just to again awareness um, hopefully hopefully everybody was wrong and it was just this little girl's time but if not then hopefully there'll be justice for this little girl as well and that her other siblings will be in a safe place thanks so much for listening um, please let me know what you think of the, this particular case, um, and I will get back to you with another podcast real soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.